So, we're entering a new sermon series. Last sermon series was about being a new creation in Christ from old to new. This uh, sermon series, we're going to be talking about being fearless, right? As the title says, fearless. Now, I want to have a question for all of you. Have you ever been afraid? Have you ever, let's say, been struck by fear where you're like a deer in headlights? If you've never seen a deer in headlights, they're a lot like this. Like they just straight like stay stiff right there. They're just looking at the headlights. This car's about to kill them. They can't even move because they're so afraid. It's almost that stomach feeling where it feels like your stomach and your intestines are having a wrestling match. That's what it feels like. That's fear, okay? Some of you guys have felt fear uh, in a good way. Like let's say, man, you know, uh, so you're getting chased by a dog. I've, has anyone ever been chased by a dog before? You're afraid because this is a pit bull. You, you've heard the stories of pit bulls. Some of y'all are pit bull owners. You guys will defend your pit bulls to death. But pit bulls, they're vicious when they ain't trained right. And you're like, man, I'm running. You got that fear, that intensity. This we're talking about here is fearing God. We're talking about fearing God. And most specifically, we're talking about fearing God and nothing else. So during this month, we're going to be talking about how not to fear man, not to fear failure. You know, some of us feel the, fear those things, not to fear persecution or even death. But as I was kind of alluding to, right, there is a fear that we should all have. As those that are, should be fearless, which Christians should be fearless, we should have one fear, and that is to fear God. So if we can go to the next, uh, the, the next slide, please. I want to read to you guys this real quick. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. The fear of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many and years will be added to your life. For if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you will suffer alone. So if you guys can bow your heads real quick, we're going to pray before we get into the word. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, God, we praise you. We thank you, God, that we can know you, that we can understand you, that you have given us your revelation, Lord, in the word of God. I pray that every one of us, Lord, would continue to uh, just grow in the knowledge of God, that we would grow in our understanding of what it means to fear you, Lord, that none of us would be uh, uh, obnoxious or arrogant or uh, prideful to your face, Lord, but instead we would be humble and have a deep reverence of you, Lord. So I pray, God, that everybody would understand this message, that it would seep deep into their hearts, and they would receive it and live it out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, right? So the first thing we really learn right here is that we must fear the Lord, okay? Some of us have never heard that. Some of us who have grown up in Latino homes, we do know that very well, because our mamas put that in our backside. You better fear the Lord, and you better fear me. Anybody can relate here? Amen, amen. And you know, some of the guys growing up in other places, they know that too. They know what it means. So we must fear the Lord. But what exactly does it mean? Does it mean that we're supposed to be afraid of him? We're supposed to be scared? Like I was giving that analogy of that pit bull coming at us. Are we supposed to treat God like that pit bull and just run and everything? Are we? I mean, if you're afraid, you usually run away. That's the natural instinct of fear. When we're afraid of something, we flee. That's what, how God made us so we wouldn't get eaten up by lions back in the day or wolves or get hit by a train or something, whatever you can think of in modern times, right? But we are called to fear the Lord, and I want to explain to you what it means to fear. It is to be in awe, to tremble, but most specifically, to have a deep reverence, 
right? If you were in the Conqueror's Life group and you've been coming consistently, you should know what reverence means. If you don't, you missed out. You could have had a up an advantage over the other people. Sucks for you. No, I'm joking. All my Conqueror's people, they're all quiet. Thank you. Hey, thank you for the, for the helpful laugh. So, right, we're supposed to be in awe. We're supposed to tremble. We're supposed to have a deep reverence for the Lord, right? That's what we're called to do. And this is actually the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. How many of y'all go to school right now? It should be most of you, unless we got some dropouts. No offense to some dropouts. My dad dropped out. We got other people who have dropped out. They've been successful. You just got to work hard. But we, ha- we go to school, right? Some of us think we began to learn and have wisdom and knowledge once we entered first grade. Like, man, once she taught me that one plus one is one, that's when I started to learn. Good catch. So once, once you went to school, right, you thought, man, dude, you know, I'm learning. This is me. I, and then once you get to high school, you're like, I know things. Trust me. I, I go to high school. I'm a, I'm a demo freshman. That's what some of my friends were. But, oh, no, I go to college now. I'm in a university. I know things. Trust me. Oh, man, dude, I got three kids, a house. You know, trust me. I know things. I have wisdom. I have knowledge. I'm 60 years old now. You think that the older you get, the more you advance in education, that means that you have wisdom and knowledge. But hold up, hold up, hold up, right? If you miss this step, then you have nothing. And that is the fear of the Lord. If you do not have the fear of the Lord, you have no wisdom. Here, let let me help you understand this, right? So, for us... To have wisdom, to have knowledge, we have to know what is right and what is wrong. And if we do have wisdom, we will choose what is right, okay? Some of us, right, we've, we've been faced with this decision before. You know, some of us have seen a pretty girl, right? And that pretty girl just so happened to be your friend's girlfriend. You're like, man, should I? Should I not? You know, you're faced with that kind of dilemma. You're like, I'm going to do it. That's what some of us say. Some of us would say, no, I know this is right. I'm going to choose what is right. Let's flip it now when your parents say, hey, I want you to clean your room. When I get back, right, the room better be clean. But then you got Fortnite right here. Now, Fortnite looking good. Fortnite, man, it's been calling you the whole time. So you're like, listen, I'm going to Fortnite. Forget my room. I'm not going to clean it. Right there, you said, this is right. And this is wrong, but I'm still going to do what's wrong. And that's mostly because you had no fear of what your mom was saying. You didn't, you didn't fear your mom in a sense. You're like, I didn't, you didn't respect her. But here's the thing. When it comes to now murdering someone, how many people think murder is wrong? Now, what if I told you you should murder Hitler? Would you think that's wrong? Let's say I, I put Brandon. Brandon, let's say I put you in a time machine. Okay, I put you in a time machine. I said, listen, dude, you have one mission. That is to kill Hitler. Would you be like, man, this is right? Or would you say this is wrong? You would say it's wrong. Okay. Okay. So how would you know what is right or wrong? Because some people would say it's right. Some people would say you would have saved six billion people. Some people would say, okay, dude, not only should you have killed them, you should have killed all the Germans with them because you're saving people, right? That's what some people would say. Other people would say, you got to kill to survive. 
You go to certain neighborhoods, certain, certain cities, they'll say, listen, dude, I'm just trying to survive. I got to kill people to survive. I got to take their money. I got to rob them. You know, I'm just speaking very general. And they'll defend that. They'll defend that cause to their, their deathbed. So how do you know what is right and what is wrong and what to choose? Well, listen, my friend, your answer is right here. It's the fear of the Lord. You see, if you do not have God and not, do not fear him, there is no right. There is no wrong. Murder is okay. Murder, rape, everything's okay because you're just doing what you want, what you feel like doing. But now if you put the fear of the Lord there, you actually have someone that will judge you. And that's the big thing. You see, the fear of the Lord is important, and it gives you wisdom because now your actions are held accountable. What you think is right and what you think is wrong and what you choose is now held accountable. So, like, a lot of us think we get away with things. We think, man, no one's seen, no one in church is seeing me. I'm cussing in school. I'm doing drugs in school. I'm talking to this girl. We think, man, we're not found. No one's found us out. I'm hiding it from my mom. I'm hiding it from my cousin. I'm hiding it from my dad. But then all of a sudden, right, we are faced with this knowledge that there is a God who knows everything and is all-powerful. And that's what I'm trying to tell you is that we, right, with the beginning of wisdom, we now have knowledge of the Holy One who is God, and that is understanding. That's how we understand what is right and wrong and choose. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of wisdom, and then now we have knowledge, which is to know God and to know who He is. You see, how many of you think God is kept at church? Good thing no one raised their hand. Now, how many of you guys think God is at your house? Everybody should raise their hand. How many of you think God is at your school? How many of you guys think, is, think God is with you when there's no other person around you? So that would mean God is everywhere at all times. But then get this, God, it says in the Bible, actually probes the mind. That means he searches the mind of every person on earth. That means he's everywhere at all times. But then get this, that God who sees everything, knows everything, now he's all powerful. And then he's also perfect. So a lot of us get nervous when our mama's checking our room like, man, she's going to find something bad. She's going to find something bad. She's just going to walk under my bed, do this, and see the dust, and then bang, there you go. I'm grounded, right? We get nervous like that. She might smell something bad. We get nervous when our mom walks in and checks our rooms. Now imagine if God was searching your mind. Imagine if this perfect being was searching your mind, seeing what you were thinking. What did you think this day? What did you think when that girl passed by? What did you think when you were faced with cheating on a test? What did you think when that person cussed you out? What did you think? What did you think when your mom told you to do that? Did they do that chore? You see, now it gets real that God, who is everywhere at all times, all-powerful and perfect, now sees everything you've done. Now we begin to understand who, we're, who is judging us. Who is the one that we should fear? See, it's a lot deeper than any principle, you know, because guess what? We can, I remember in Taft, when I was going to high school, we used to run from security guards. They couldn't catch us. Maybe 30 years ago, they could have caught us, but we look like, we look like, uh, we look like Marshawn Lynch out there. We were, we were going crazy. We, they couldn't catch us. The dean couldn't catch us. We were, 
Listen, we had no fear of them. We had no respect. It wasn't until they, you know, obviously called their parents or whatever, then reality sit. But, right, here's the thing. We were able to escape them. How, what are you going to do when you can't escape someone? Let's say, right, I'm, I'm trying to go to the next room, trying to avoid this person, right there. Oh, I got, I'm going to try to go to the next house, right there. I'm going to go to another state, right there. Some of y'all would be, think that's stalking. But then here's the thing, right? God owns everything. We're on his property. Everywhere we go, he's there because guess what? He owns it. He made it. It's for him. So here's the thing. We must fear the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom, to know what is right or wrong, and we will understand who God is, and that will help us choose what's right or wrong. So we know that murder is wrong because God told us it's wrong, and we will not choose to murder because we know that God will judge us. And this judge is perfect. He's without flaw. This judge is powerful. God breathed the universe into existence. God split the sea for Moses and the Israelites. God can send plagues to Egypt. What can God do to a teenager? See, this is the God we're dealing with. He's all-powerful. There should be fear. There should be deep reverence. And here's the thing, though. A lot of us are now, now a lot of us are like, man, that sucks. I want to do what I want to do, and I know I can do whatever I want with my life, and that'll be best. But then this is where you're wrong, because if you can go back to that verse, sir, it says, for through wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Wisdom, right? And that's obviously at the beginning, right? The fear of the Lord. Your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. You see, fearing the Lord is a good thing. A lot of, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's not keeping you from fun. It's not keeping you from things in life. The fear of the Lord is a reward to those who cherish it. It is good for you. You have many days. Some of you guys know people that haven't lived, uh, no families that have people in it that haven't lived past 17. The kids are dying off. Teenagers are getting shot. They're hanging out with the wrong people. Then you have people and politicians. There's a man who was brought up, uh, we, you know, yeah, politicians, celebrities, they don't fear God. They think their life will be, you know, they'll have many days or whatever, but then those many days are faced with turmoil, inner turmoil, and they're embarrassed at the end. Look at Bill Cosby, right? Look at, look at the dude Kavanaugh, who's a politician, and he ended up sexually assaulting people younger, and it caught up to him. You see, when you live a life with the fear of the Lord, not the fear of man, not the fear of failure, not the fear of people or your dad or your pastor or whatever, but the fear of the Lord, your days will be many and you will have a reward. I'm not saying everything's going to go perfect, right? But let's say some of your parents, they've probably gone through a divorce. They've probably cheated on your mother. But if they feared the Lord, that would have never happened because they would understand the covenant made. They wouldn't just do it for the person, but they would understand there's someone they need to revere, someone else they need to fear. Your friends that constantly lie to you and get away with things because you'll never find out till it's too late. They wouldn't do that if they had the fear of the Lord. Your days will be many. Your days will be many. People that have committed crimes that have cost them their life, they didn't have the fear of the Lord. That's what you need. It's not just a must now. It's a need. You need to have the fear of the Lord. You want to see a society that is built on the fear of the Lord? You got to look to the Bible because there's no society 
No society, everyone, your government, everything, they don't have the fear of the Lord. That's why sometimes you have Illuminati people on YouTube talking about, man, he's a lizard, right? He's this, he's that, because they understand these people can do whatever they want because they think they're the most powerful force on the earth or something. But they're wrong. They don't have the fear of the Lord. And this right here is an example, I wanna, an illustration I want to give to you to understand, help you understand that the fear of the Lord is better for you. Let's take two brothers, okay? Two brothers, one right, grows up with the fear of the Lord, the other doesn't, okay? Matter of fact, they pretty much have nothing in common other than they love their mother. But one guy, right, he starts growing up on a bad path because he has no fear of the Lord. He doesn't care. He secretly starts taking money from his mother because no one's finding out. Again, he gets that money somehow back before his mother figures out. So, but the whole time he's doing this, let's say now he gets to high school, what he's doing is he's cheating on tests, right? He's secretly selling drugs, but his mother has no knowledge of it. Now, let's say he starts selling drugs to the people that you don't want to get involved with. He does this till he's about 22. Next thing you know, right, his mother throws away his drugs. Finding it, embarrassed, yells at him. But those drugs, he needed to sell money or else, guess what? He's going to get killed. He knows this, can't come up with the money, and he's shot. See, this is real stuff. This is what happens, right? I know that's a, a little extreme, but this is where it can go. This actually happens. Now, here's the thing. The man who does fear the Lord, he grows up not taking from his mother, but instead working honest, understanding that God, right, is going to judge him one day, lives righteous, doesn't disobey his parents, doesn't, and instead, of making, instead of dealing with drug dealers, he avoids them. Right? He goes on to live past 20, God willing. See, this is the two examples I want to give you, is that if you have no fear of the Lord whatsoever, that is a possible future. His life was cut short. And not only is it possible, but it happens. It happens. And, then the, and if you do fear the Lord, that's not going to happen. That's just the truth. I mean, I remember growing up when I was young, people always told me, dude, you're a good guy. I'm like, nah, I just don't want to go to hell. That's pretty much it. I understood I wasn't doing anything because I loved people, but there was at least some type of fear I understood, right, as someone who did not, uh, was not born again, that, listen, I don't want to be judged by this God who is perfect. I don't. I want to try to escape it. And here's the thing. Just like with the story of the brother, right, he had no fear of God in his eyes. He mocked the, he mocked the instruction of God. He mocked the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the truth. He mocked it, and instead he did what he wanted. And this is what I want to show you, is that the wicked do not fear God. If we can go to Proverbs, oh no, Psalm 36, 1, please. So in Psalm 36, 1, this is basically uh, a servant of the Lord. That's what it says. And he has a simple message a simple message. I have a message from God in my heart concerning the sinfulness of the wicked. Very simple. There is no fear of God before their eyes. No fear of God. You can look the murderer in the eye and say there's no fear in your eye. He doesn't care. He doesn't fear jail. He doesn't fear God. He has no fear of God in his eyes, and you see it in his life. You see right here the wicked do not fear God. But here's the thing. A lot of us, we think we understand what the fear of God is. 
You know, we say, man, dude, you know, I was hearing a rap song by, by LV. He was talking about how I fear God. A lot of these rappers, a lot of these celebrities say, I fear God. I don't fear man. And some prideful gesture like, man, dude, I ain't scared of nobody, only God. Ain't no one going to tell me what to do, only God. You know, like Tupac, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, I fear God. But then all of a sudden, he's talking about doing all these horrible things. Make a song about fearing God, then he makes a song called Hit Him Up. If you don't know that song, don't look at it, right? But here's the thing. If you fear God, you actually live a life full of obedience, not disobedience. You're not living a prideful life, not listening to everyone saying, I don't fear you. I fear God. Like you, you, All of a sudden, you get a ticket. The dude's writing a ticket. You slap the ticket out of his hand. I don't fear you. I fear God. The principal all of a sudden, get, or the dean's trying to give you a demerit. You kick him in the shin. I don't fear you. I fear God. I mean, you could say that, and you think, man, that sounds right, but it's actually completely wrong. You see, if you mock, you see, this is, this is the truth of God. His fear, right, he, well, you, you, the fear of him leads you to obedience. If you, are a, if you have a fear of God, you are now going to obey him. And see, that's the difference now between the fear of the Lord and a little like a pit bull or a big pit bull coming at you. Is that our fear does not drive us from God, it actually drives us towards him. You see, when we're, there's a, there's a little thing that, there's a little, or a little phrase, right? In a storm, you go to the eye. You go to the eye of the storm. You don't go away from the storm. You go towards the storm in the eye. Now, I'm not saying God is a storm, but we can all visualize a storm right now. Lightning coming, hurricanes, waves going back and forth, boats being destroyed. And, and we're, in this moment, we can just look and see in awe, right, of this storm, how powerful it is. And the only way to survive it, if you're in it, is to go directly towards in the middle, the eye. And here's the thing, right? If you are, let's say, okay, you're now understanding the fear of the Lord. And you're thinking, man, I got to get away from God. That's exactly wrong. You have to run towards him. You see, God is powerful. And anyone who is running against him, running away from him or whatever, they are going to be swept away in his judgment. If you are running away from the truth that murder is murder and that you can murder anyone, guess what? You're going to be swept away in his judgment. If you are running away from the truth that humility is how you have to go and you're being prideful, you are running towards his judgment. Run towards God, not towards his judgment. So here's the thing, right? The rapper who says, I fear God and does exactly what God told him not to do, he does not fear God. Matter of fact, he fears no one. If we can actually, if I can get Psalm 36, 1 through 4, right after this simple message of there is no fear of God before their eyes, this is what it says. And some of you guys can actually relate to this. In their own eyes, they flatter themselves. So they boast themselves up. They're like, man, I'm all that. I'm all that in a bag of chips, man. Listen, I, I, I don't need no God. I don't need anybody. All I need is myself and just a few good people. It's all about me. They, in their own eyes, they flatter themselves. They think they're amazing. And they have too much to detect or they, uh, or they flatter themselves too much to detect or hate their sin. So they're, they're thinking about how good they are. They're thinking about how awesome they are. They're thinking, man, dude, I am the greatest guy, man. I, you know what, dude? I got a fresh haircut, man. All the ladies love me, man. I got all the people that want me, right? And they, they flatter themselves so much that they can't even detect their own sin. They can't even notice or even hate their sin. The words of their mouths are wicked and deceitful. They fall. They fail to act wisely or do good. Their mouths are full of lies. 
full of cursing, full of, full of hateful things, full of things that don't, don't give glory to God, and they fail to act wisely or do good. Even on their beds, they plot evil. They sit and they think about what they can do. Man, how am I going to get at that girl? Man, how am I going to lie? They're thinking about how they're going to lie in order to live some sick fantasy. They're thinking, man, how am I going to cheat on this test? How am I going to disobey my parent? How am I going to hide this from people? How am I going to make this person feel bad about themselves? And, and it's, there's so many things they just plot on their bed. Where, I mean, think about this. When does murder start? Is someone all of a sudden having a dandy day? Like, wow, man, it's really nice. The birds, kill, kill, kill. How does someone steal? Man, wow, listen, dude, there's so many people here. Let me take your wallet. Yes, wow, great. How does someone commit adultery? Man, I love my wife. Three beautiful kids, 16 years of marriage. Man, wow, oh, you're pretty, man. Let's have sex. That's not how it happens. They plot, they think. You see, the evil, the wicked, they have no fear in their eyes. Instead, they flatter themselves. The words are full of wicked, deceitful things. They fail to do anything good or act wisely. And they, of course, are on their beds plotting. They commit themselves to a sinful course and do not reject what is wrong. They are going down the path of sin, and they don't care what anyone says. They don't care what God says. They don't care what anyone says. They need advice or anything. They want to do what they want. They don't see what's wrong with it. They're blind by their own sin. They're blind by their own lack of fear, their own arrogance. And this is the truth. If you mock the wisdom of God, as I said earlier, you will suffer alone. You see, here's the thing. A lot of us think, I'm going to do all these bad things. I got people with me doing bad things too. I'm going to disobey God. As long as I got some few riders that are going to disobey God with me, I'm going to be good. But those people around you don't have any fear of God in their eyes. That means... About as much as you are human, so is that cat. As much as, as much as respect you deserve, so does anything else. You're nothing special. There's so, many, there's so many stories of people doing all these things. You ever look at, like, I love watching these documentaries of people that have a criminal past, and they thought their, their buddies were going to be with them, and they ditched them right away. They snitched on them. They, it ain't nothing. I'm trying to survive here. Here's the thing, if you're going to trust a bunch of people that, that, that love to lie, love to steal, that love to do all these horrible things, what makes you think they're not going to do it to you? They have no fear of God in their eyes. And that's the truth. So you will suffer alone if you mock the wisdom of God. You see, to fear the Lord back to it is to obey Him, is to see the instruction, what He says, and humble yourself under that and obey it. There is no wisdom for the fool. There is no wisdom for someone who disobeys God. You're living a life that is what Jesus would call foolish. You're living a life that is what society might call right. But at the end of the day, God is the judge. That's it. You may think you're as wise as, as anybody here, but if you are in disobedience against God, if you are in, in, in opposition against God, you are completely wrong. There is no middle side. There is no, there is no safe ground. None of that. But this is my encouragement to you. With the fear of the Lord, there is fear of nothing else. If you can go to Psalm 27.1, many of us as Christians, we believe that we have to be fearful, that we have to almost shudder at people. 
We, and some of you think Christians have to be that way. Well, I'll tell you, right, the people that were burned at the stakes for following Christ, the people that bravely were sent into the Colosseums to be eaten by lions, they had no fear in their eyes. They, didn't, they weren't going to deny the Christ that they saw resurrect. There's Christians that were singing hymns as they were being burned. There's no fear for the Christian. No fear of, of, of persecution. No fear of failure. Why? Because we fear God. That is what it is. You're not going to steal from someone. You're not going to lie because someone's encouraging you to do it because you fear God. It doesn't matter if you lose friends. You fear God. It doesn't matter if everyone looks at you for being a lame. You fear God. You fear God. Therefore, you don't fear anything else. As born-again Christians, we should fear God, but not his punishment. You see, I'm not now all of a sudden encouraging you guys to, to go to the Middle East and then all of a sudden jump on a tank and be like, Allah is a false, like Muhammad is a false prophet. Jesus Christ loves all you guys. And you start preaching right in the middle of a war zone. I'm not encouraging you guys to do that. But this is what I'm saying is if you were to go to the mission field, if you were to be killed for your faith, if you were to be threatened or like whatever actually killed, killed you would have no fear. Because if you, can, if you can actually go to 1 John 4, 1 John 4 says this, because this is what this is for the Christian. We don't need a fear punishment. We don't need to. We don't need to fear the punishment of God because there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. Now, this is talking about the punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Right? And stay on that verse real quick. So we don't have to fear. that We don't have to fear punishment. Like, man, like a lot, a lot of people, they fear. Like, like, man, dude, if you're to die today, they automatically say, I don't know. They're afraid of the possibility of going to hell. But as a Christian, we can have confidence and we can understand that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That we know that this God who is powerful, who was able to create the whole galaxy with a word, with a breath, the same God that was able to send plagues to Egypt, destroy Egypt, destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, all this power coming out of his being, he actually wants to save you. You see, the same God that that, is, that we should fear is the same God we should run to and they receive as our Savior. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Because now that God that you feared as a sinner, feared the punishment, he's now on your side. Now he is your defender. Now he is your rock. Now he is your protector. That is the God that we worship. That is our God. So I don't understand why some of you don't want him on your side. Is it because you don't understand if you have him on your side? Is it because maybe you're still, you're still guessing or something? I, I'm just going to let you know if you're, if you're following the ways of the world, right? Like I was saying, all these rappers, I heard Alonzo Ball rap, uh, music video one time. And he straight preached the gospel at the end of the song. But the whole rest of the song, he's talking about talking to females, having sex, money, all these prideful things. God is not on your side if you walk in disobedience. So if you are a born-again Christian, if you have been saved, this God whom we should fear has saved us. His power, his love, his mercy was enough to save us. 
And we should be in all of that. We shouldn't run away. We shouldn't uh, be, be scared in a sense like we would be of a dog or, or something to kill us. But he wants to save us, those that aren't saved. And this is an encouragement because Jesus in Hebrews 4.13, he creates this opportunity for us because of his death, his burial, his resurrection. Now, has anyone ever heard that Jesus is coming back? Have you heard that? I need to hear a response from people. Have you heard that Jesus is coming back? So here's the thing, right? That should put some fear in people because the Bible says that Jesus is going to come back. Once he came back to seek and save the lost, now he's going to come back to bring judgment. You see, all the people that you thought got away with things, everyone's always wondering, why didn't God stop the bullet or something? Why didn't God do this? Why didn't God take away all the evil people? Well, first and foremost, that would basically be him restarting the whole world. And you see, he is faithful. But here's the thing. There is a day for judgment. There is a day for judgment. He has reserved the day to judge everyone. Everyone. And you cannot escape that judgment. It is by his grace that we can survive that judgment. And this is what Hebrews says. Nothing in all. No, that's actually the wrong verse, sir. Let me, let me give you the right one. This is what Hebrews says. Because I, I wanted to get this on the screen. This is why it's important. In Hebrews uh, 14, Hebrews uh, 4.13, my bad. It says 4.14 through 4.16. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us... Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So this is how God, right, is going to be approached by a born-again Christian with confidence. You see, that's saying a lot because some of us can't even approach a girl with confidence. That's saying a lot. Some of us be like, oh, um, yeah, so... Uh, what you doing uh, Tuesday? Uh, yeah, are you free? We, we you know, con no confidence there. But yeah, you can sin. You can sin with confidence. You can sin with confidence. Some of us, man, we go to a test and we're scared. We that's the most we pray is at the desk. Listen, God ain't gonna help you on that test. He gonna, he might remind you of some stuff. And you better study. But we be praying. We be praying. Some of, uh, some of you guys who grew up Catholic, you guys had that rosary. You guys were kissing the heck out of it. You had your lipstick on it. We had no confidence in that test. But yet some of you live like you're going to have confidence to face God. Do you have confidence in the face of God? Will your life actually match up? Will God say, listen, you've done good. Well done, faithful servant. Well done, Daniel. Well done, Deanna. Well done, Melanie. Will he say that? Because there's two things he can say. He can say that, or he can say, away from me, you worker of iniquity. Do you have the confidence to hear that second part? If you're wicked, if you're living in sin, just like I was talking about, you pretty much do. There's no fear of God in your eyes. But just know who you're saying that to, the one who wants to give you grace. See, this is where I want to bring it up to, is that God, you... He, you should know who he is. You should have an understanding of who he is. 
And he deserves to have reverence. He deserves to be feared. He deserves to be feared. And listen, if there's anyone to be feared, not, not you think the cops, you think the government, you think your mom, you think your dad, this is God. This is, your, this is God, the one who, who has all power, all authority. And this is what he wants to do. He wants to save you. And because of his grace, if you can come to the, the keys, Stephanie, because of his grace, or come to the stand, this is, this is the truth. Because of his grace, you now don't have to fear his judgment. You don't have to fear his punishment. Because his grace is going to help you. You see, Jesus is able to empathize. Our judge knows what it means to, be, to suffer as the criminal. Our judge was killed on the cross. He knows exactly what the criminal is thinking. He lived among them. He knows exactly what the, what the murderer is thinking. He knows exactly what the liar is thinking. He knows exactly what the adulterer is thinking. He can sympathize with you. He understands your weakness. So now this judge is telling you, instead of living prideful, instead of doing your own life, repent. Humble yourself. Receive grace. I want to give you mercy. If you guys can stand, please. And listen, this, I don't know what you thought about the fear of God before, but it's very simple. It's very simple. In order to have any type of wisdom, in order to have any type of, of understanding, in order to know what is right and what is good, we need to have the fear of the Lord. That is the beginning of wisdom. We must all fear God. And if you don't fear God, listen, this is what the Bible is saying. You are wicked. You are wicked. If there's no fear of God in your eyes, you are wicked. But there's good news because, listen, once you fear God, you, you don't have to fear anything else. God is saying to you, listen, come to me. I will give you grace. I will give you mercy. I will save you. I understand what you've been through. I understand the temptations you go through. Let me help you. And that is what I'm offering you today is that God, yes, you should be afraid of him. But in your fear, do not run away. Run towards him. Run towards him. So for those in fear of punishment and you're running away from God, you're running away from his truth, running away from his instruction, you're trying to avoid God as much as you can. You maybe sometimes go throughout the week avoiding talking about Jesus. You come to elevate thinking you're going to be judged and ashamed. Listen, I want to call you guys up. If I can have altar workers here, I want you to receive prayer. Because here's the thing. I am not your judge. These altar workers are not your judge. None of them. No leader around you, no person around you is your judge. But there is one who is going to judge you. And that is the one that wants to save you. And I'm telling you, tomorrow is not promised. The one you should fear is the one you should love because he died for you. I don't know if you guys catch that. That Jesus understands your temptation. He understands the temptation of lust. He understands the temptation to lie. He understands the temptation to disobey God. Yet he did not sin. And that same judge was now crucified, paid the price for your sin, your disobedience, your lack of fear of God. And he resurrected so that you can now share in that same holiness with him. You can now share in that same obedience with God. That is perfect. That is beautiful. I don't want any excuses after this. 
So many people think, man, dude, they're always talking about, you know, God hates, God hates, man. God isn't the God of love. This is love that, that God who should have destroyed us and he, because we didn't fear him. Instead, he died for us. It all wraps in with the gospel. It all ties in, please. Pay attention to what's being said here. And for those who have been born again, but find themselves afraid many times to evangelize, fearing people's opinions, fearing everything, everything, fearing what's going to happen tomorrow, fearing what's going to happen to their mom, fearing what's going to happen to their dad, fearing what might happen to their own life. There's fear all over you, fear everywhere you go. You're paranoid. I want you to come up in prayer because that is not right. Get right with God. God wants to give you, he wants to drive out all that fear and instead replace it with perfected love. So if you are a Christian dealing with fear, I invite you to come up, receive prayer, get along with God. And if you just need prayer, come ask a leader, right, who's, who's not busy. Leaders, you're free to come and ask for prayer. Come up. So if everyone can bow their heads, close their eyes. Lord God, I thank you, Jesus, that you are for us. You are not against us, God. That, Lord, you have not rejected us, God. You have not, uh, Lord, deserted us. But, God, as, as we have not feared you, as we have been wicked in our lives, as we have not acknowledged you in anything, you still love us, God. But, Lord, I pray and I ask you, Lord, that you would convict the hearts of those that have no fear in their eyes. They plot evil. They could care less about your instruction. They could care less about your wisdom. Holy Spirit, remind them of Judgment Day. Lord, give them a vision. Give them an image, God, of fear, fear, facing the God of the universe with pride. Oh, Lord, how that would be, God, I pray that I would never fall under that, God, that you would help me, that you would help everyone that is born again here, that everyone that follows you, keep them, help them, Lord. Give them grace. Give them mercy. I pray that everyone here, Lord, would not approach the throne room of judgment, but God, they would approach the throne room of grace asking for your mercy, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, for just those that have heard the gospel for the first time, Lord, that it would seep into their hearts, Lord, that, God, you would get them to consider, Lord, not only consider, but you would convict them, Lord, and that they would repent before the night. In Jesus' name, amen, Lord. So again, if you are dealing with those things, you do not fear God, and you are understanding that, please come up, receive prayer. And in death, and in life, I'm confident and covered by the power of your great love, my death.